Welcome to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I'm a master certified self-image coach and empowered health coach with a decade-long background working in the health and wellness industry. If you're anything like me or the clients that I work with, then you're probably struggling with body image, self-image, or confidence issues. You're probably also trying to figure out why it is that you have these amazing desires for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life, but you can't seem to create consistent actions in your life to reflect those desires. So join me as we dive in deep on what it means to live a fulfilled and authentic life. We're going to look from the perspective of an empowered mindset and uncover reasons why you might be what's holding yourself back from living your most fulfilling life. I'm going to break through some of the biggest illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way. And I'm so excited to have you with me on this journey. So my only question for you is, are you ready to start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Guys, this week is an exciting week. For those of you listening in for the first time, welcome, welcome. You picked an amazing episode to listen in on, and I know I say that every week, but this week, guys, I've hit a major milestone, and I'm so excited about it, so excited to have all of you all here listening. This week is the one-year anniversary of me starting this podcast. That means this is episode number 52. I put out one episode a week. That means that I have been putting out one episode a week for a year as of today. And I am so excited to have had this journey with you all. And no, that does not mean that I'm stopping. Um, I will continue doing the podcast after this week. But I wanted to do something a little bit special and different this week, um, with it being the one-year anniversary of the podcast. So today, what I'm going to talk to you all about is what I have learned about myself, life in general, and podcasting by being on this journey of showing up every week and creating a podcast episode for you all as a life coach. What's crazy is that a year ago, just a year ago, I had people telling me, hey, Seth, you know, you've got great stuff to say. I don't want to read it necessarily. And, you know, I love you putting out videos, but sometimes I just want to sit down and listen. Or when I'm driving in my car, I want to listen to you. I love hearing you speak. Um, people would tell me about how they loved the sound of my voice and they wanted they wanted me on a podcast. They wanted to hear what I had to say, but they wanted it in a podcast format. And I kind of played around with the idea of doing it. And then one day I had this this coach randomly, and you know who you are. He's in the UK. He's a dating coach, actually. He reached out to me and he was like, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? He was like, you've got great stuff to say, but I don't want to see your selfies. I don't want to necessarily read your posts and I don't want to watch videos. I just want to hear you talk about this stuff. So have you ever considered doing a podcast? And I was like, you know what? This is too many people have been asking me this. I'm just going to do it. And I literally just ordered a microphone online. I went online and I researched what kind of microphone was great for podcasting, bought a microphone, went and picked it up. It literally arrived at the store the next day. I went and I picked it up. I brought it home. I unboxed it, set everything up on my computer. And literally that week, I just sat down in front of my computer and I decided 
I'm going to make a podcast. And so I made my very first podcast episode. I contacted my little brother. Um, for those of you who don't know my little brother, I have two little brothers, but my youngest brother is um, a musician that lives in Nashville. Hey, Johnny, this is for you. I'm giving you a shout out here. The jingle at the beginning and the end of my podcast was actually a song created by him. And I asked him um, at the time, I said, do you have something that I could use as a jingle for my podcast? And he was like, yeah, let me get something together for you. Sent it over for me. And that's the song that you guys hear at the beginning and the end of my podcast. So I looked up how to do a voiceover with music and record and make an intro outro to my podcast. And in one week, the first episode was ready. Um, I looked up how to host a podcast. All of this, literally in one week, I learned how I sat down in front of YouTube and taught myself how to do all of this. And that week, I put up online using Castos at the time. Now my podcast is hosted on Podbean, but I used Castos originally, and I uploaded my very first podcast episode 52 weeks ago today. Actually, it would have been 52 weeks ago yesterday because I used to release my podcast episodes on Wednesday and now I release it on Thursday because it's it's better for me and for everyone if I do it Thursday. So guys, it's crazy to me. It went from literally an idea to in one week I started doing a podcast and I was Guys, I was terrified of whether or not I was going to be able to keep up with doing this once a week for you all in the beginning. And I was like, "You know what? You will find way, Seth." And here I am, 52 episodes later. Wow. Wow. This is just, this is incredible, guys. This journey has just been amazing. And I've learned so much through this journey. And I want to share some of those things with you all today. And some of you all might not be interested in some of these lessons because you don't do podcasting. That's okay, because this isn't just about podcasting. Some of these lessons, yeah, they apply a little bit more to podcasting. But a lot of these lessons that I've learned apply to life in general. And so I just want you all to listen in and hear what it is that I've learned by making a commitment to do this for you all and showing up for an entire year and just doing it like unstoppably like the badass that I am, I showed up and I made a podcast for you all. I love you all for listening in. And, um, I, you know, I made this podcast because I wanted to reach people with messages of insight, messages of, of breaking through illusions and seeing the truth behind human suffering and why we've been suffering with so many things in life. And some of the episodes I knew were going to be controversial. I was terrified to make them and put them out there. And I knew people were going to hate me and ridicule me and make fun of me and give me negative feedback. And I was like, you know what, Seth, you can do it. You, you've you got this. You know that you know your purpose here and you know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And sure, people are going to make fun of it. Sure, people aren't going to like it. But for me, and I think for everyone out there, if you're being honest, being unliked isn't a bad thing. Being unliked means you stood for something. If you're liked by everybody, then that means you're nothing because nothing is the only thing that is liked by everybody. So my friends, what have I learned over this last year? What have I learned from doing 52 episodes of a podcast so far? Lesson number one, um, recording is the easiest part, <laughs> guys. When I got into this, I was so afraid of how I would sound when I was recording it and if people would like the way I would sound. I was afraid of the quality not sounding good enough and how big this issue would be to try and fix. And it turns out that finding a good microphone and an easy-to-use editing program was actually the really easy part. But what I found out was 
much more time and energy went into editing. And yeah, that was that was so so kind of like mind blowing to me because to me it was like, oh, it's all about the recording of the podcast and that's all the work. But actually, no, there are other parts of it that, that take up so much more time, such as the editing. So the editing takes as long as the recording, plus some, because I would literally have to go back through and listen to every episode, the whole entire thing, and find places where I might have sneezed or coughed or sniffled or dropped something, <laughs> or I lost my place in my outline and I was sitting there going like, uh, uh, in the microphone, and I would have to just like pause and find my space and edit that out later. So yeah, finding all of these and then cutting them out, that takes some work. And I know that for some of you out there who have been considering podcasting and you have these favorite podcasters out there that when you listen to them, you're like, oh my God, just listen to them. They can talk so perfectly and eloquently. My friends, no, 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 no. I promise you they are editing coughs, sniffles, sneezes, all of that out of their podcast. The times that they lost place and were like, um, I don't, what am I saying next? And then had to pause and then go back. And yes, yeah, someone, either they go back through and they edit it themselves, or if they're further along in their journey and they have a ton of money, they can pay someone to do it. For me, I you know, I didn't have the money to hire someone to do the editing for me yet. So I've been doing all of the editing myself. And my friends, I'm here to say that this is much harder work than the recording. Um, I actually really enjoy the recording podcast. I sit down at my mic and I imagine that I'm talking directly to a group of people that are just excited to hear what it is that I have to say about the topic. And I just talk and I entertain myself. I laugh at my own jokes um, and where I mess up my wording. <laughs> I get inspired sometimes by myself in the middle of saying something. I'll go off into a tangent and be like, it's not even in my outline. And I'm like, wow, I just, this is like coming to me right now as I'm talking about this, another layer to this topic. And I just really enjoy that process. I really love the recording process. Um, and what I learned along with this is that I learn so many deeper layers to the material that I plan to cover by going over this with you all and teaching it to you all and speaking about it on the podcast. I really learn deeper through explaining. Um, I now understand why when I was in school, I had several professors ask me why I don't go into teaching because they were like, I think... Um, you would do so well as a teacher. And I think this is why. It's because I learn as I teach. And when a teacher is learning while they teach, they're so much more inspiring to listen to. I always loved it when I had these professors in college that it was like they would get in the middle of a lesson and all of a sudden like toss the lesson plans aside and be like, you know what, we're going to look at this differently because they just learned something by teaching it or someone asking a question. I loved teachers like this. They were so inspiring. And um, I think this is part of just being an amazing teacher. So yeah, I learned this is why people would always tell me that maybe you should be a teacher because I learned through teaching. And yeah, I learned that about myself over this this year of doing podcasting. I really deepened that awareness of the fact that I learned so much through explaining and teaching things to people. Um, so another side of this uh, that I learned that's the, the recording is the easy part is that Preparing the material for the podcast was not something that I had really thought about. So some of the topics that I pick for you all, they're, they're huge. I mean, like when I go online to do research about how I want to tackle these topics, I find hundreds of articles 
And guys, these articles have so many different perspectives. And some it's not that they're, some are right and some are wrong. It's just that they're all unique perspectives that you can take on these topics. So figuring out how I wanted to approach these topics in a way that was authentic for me and how I wanted to present it and how I thought I could be most helpful to my audience, that took a lot of time. Um, and I would spend a lot of time listening to you all on social media and in comments that I would get, messages that I would get about what you all were confused about or not understanding or what you were completely lost in, what you were struggling with. And every episode I went into all of this to guide you all into clarity. So before I would actually sit down and record, I, and after I had actually picked out these topics, I would prepare an outline for the topic. What aspects of the topic would I want to cover and how much time will it take me to cover? These are questions that I would ask myself. Um, How do I want to present it in a way that flows, that makes sense, that has a conclusion at the end that helps people leave the episode with some clarity and inspiration to actually do something? I would think about all of this as I would sit down and prepare the outline. And as I was preparing the outline, I would think about questions that you all might have about the things that I was explaining. Like, maybe something could use a little bit more clarity. It was like, I would imagine having a class in front of me and someone raising their hand as I was writing the outline, and I would literally answer the question in the outline as if someone had just asked it to me. And I would go through this process. Um, so yeah, I would think ahead of time of what might seem confusing and unclear for you guys, and then think about how I could break it down and make it clearer for you all to understand it. And I would do all of this. I would sit down and I would just start typing, and it would take me about two hours to prepare these outlines. Um, so yeah, it would take me about two hours to prepare the outline, and then another three hours of editing, and then it was like one hour to record, one and a half hours, because some of my episodes are one and a half hours. So in total, I was spending about five to seven hours a week to prepare these podcasts, but only one to two of those hours were actually recording, which was crazy to me. I didn't realize how much time it took into creating podcasts and outlining them in the way that I would want to do it so that the podcast is inspiring and helpful, organized and educational. So yeah, I learned this through the uh, the journey of podcasting is that the recording is the interesting part. And what was interesting is that, um, yeah, organizing the material took a lot of time for me. And I wasn't even organizing as, as much as some of the podcasters that I spoke with about their pro- uh, their podcasts. So I knew people that would organize episodes a year in advance. And, you know, what? I considered doing this because, you know, it would make it so much easier for me if I just knew a year in advance all 52 episodes that I'm going to put out. And then I would just have to sit down and record every week. I considered doing this. But... I really wanted to keep the podcast open to be able to discuss topics that I was seeing were affecting my listeners at real time, at the time I was recording. So sometimes I would prepare like two, maybe three topics ahead of time, but not more than that, as I said, because I wanted this podcast to be about me listening to you all, what I was seeing on social media, what I was getting in my comments, in emails and feedback and messages and conversations with people and what you all were struggling with, and I wanted to create clarity for those in real time for you all. And this was sometimes really scary. There were so many times along the way that I felt like I might not have enough good topics, or that I might um, miss making an episode because I couldn't come up with a topic, or I worried if I would be able to um, prepare one topic per week, or if I would just get lost and behind and fall on my face. And um, I kind of had to just learn, or I wanted to learn, to just let that fear be there through the whole process and let myself feel afraid. 
Um, and this brings me to the second lesson that I've learned from doing podcasting for an entire year. And that's that I am designed to do things that I'm afraid of and thrive in them. And that fear is a beautiful thing when you recognize that. As an entrepreneur, I had already received kind of a a taste of this. I had faced so many times when I was afraid that I, I wouldn't know what to do or how to come up with solutions. I would see fear and see my big why and I would just step forward into the fear and sometimes my eyes would be literally like squeezed closed as I would do something and just trust that what was going to happen on the other side of this I was made to handle and this podcast was no different and it was like a weekly dose of it that I knew I was going to have to step into this process or not have to but I wanted to step into this process and there were so many times that I had an idea for an episode that I could see that you all were struggling with And I would see how I could make an episode to help bring clarity and empowerment, but I could also see how many people might be pissed about what I had to say or might not like what I had to say because it was uncomfortable or maybe it was a bit too deep or some people would say I was being too spiritual. I feared losing listeners constantly and this would mean that this podcast would would mean that it was a flop on its face. That's what I was afraid of. And... I was afraid that I would never reach a single person, that I was designing this podcast to help. And when this would come up, I would I would keep reminding myself in these times why I was doing this. The podcast was for you all and for the learning process. And I would show up and record the episode and remind myself that if only one person heard this episode and listens all the way through and gains some awareness, some inspiration, some hope to move forward, some empowerment then I had already succeeded. And as I told you all before, I listened to every episode as I edit it. And in every editing session, I would have my own moments where I would hear what I was talking about and have a breakthrough in my own life, in what I was facing at the time. I was literally growing from listening to my own podcast and making it. And I made a pact with myself that even if I was the only one, It was still worth it to keep showing up, recording, putting the work out there, and accepting that who it was meant for would hear it. Who was meant to hear it was going to hear it. And accepting that it would not be meant for all people, and that's okay. Because I had another huge fear to lean into in beginning this podcast. And this huge fear was another huge lesson that came from me leaning into this fear and doing the podcast for an entire year. So lesson number three I learned is I don't need to be right. This illusion of right and wrong, good and bad, better, worse. I was obsessed with this idea for so long of needing to be right. And you can ask my family (laughs) growing up, I was, I needed to be right. I was struggling with wanting to be good enough and, and my worth being conditional on me being right. And this this kind of came over into the podcast when I first started making it. I was obsessed with the idea of needing to make sure that everything I say in my podcast is backed up somewhere, improvable and unchallengeable. I felt like if it was not, then people would hear me and think I was a joke and turn the podcast off and never listen to me and ridicule me. I was afraid of feeling embarrassed if someone confronted me about something that I said that they didn't agree with. I felt like the only solution was to stick with topics that I knew I could find information on and present it in a way where it couldn't be perceived as anything other than right. 
and that this is how I would have to begin doing the podcast. But here's the thing. I was listening to coaches on podcasts who inspired me, and quite often they would say things that I didn't agree with 100%, but I would keep listening anyways. I wanted to hear more. I wanted to understand why they believed what they believed and why it was different than what I believed. And I had a realization. I had a realization, I know I can't be the only person on this planet that feels this way. And I was also realizing at the time that most of the topics and most of the the things in life that we think there's a right and a wrong, a good and a bad, it's not true. It's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of the person's authentic journey. It's all a matter of what is real for them in that time of growth. And I I came to the the acceptance of the fact that some people were not going to like what I had to say. Some people would be uncomfortable with it. People would disagree with it and maybe even tell me about it. And believe me, people did. People told me quite often about how they didn't agree with what I said or how I said it or how long it took me to say it. Guys, I've received so much feedback about this podcast and from people online. And I realized I didn't want to let that stop me. And I realized that this idea that I had to be right, I was not going to let that stop me. And sometimes when people would disagree with me, I would disagree with them. And I would just agree that we had different perceptions and I would wish them the best with theirs and in their path of growth and to keep going and that I would hope that their perspective would would drive them towards growth. And sometimes they didn't wish me the best with mine and that was okay. Other times I would have people who disagreed with me and I would talk with them about it and realize another side of a topic that I, I hadn't perceived yet. I had, it hadn't reached my perception. And I would expand my view on the topic by talking to this person who disagreed with me. And I would literally grow my beliefs by putting my work out there and having people disagree with it. And if I was not putting my work out there and having people disagree with it, I don't know if I would re- have received this growth-stimulating feedback. So this was a good thing. But it brought up another fear of mine that I grew into learning from through creating this podcast for a year. The lesson was this. I am allowed to change my views, and it doesn't make me wrong or bad for what I believed before. You see, I was putting out work that was controversial, that raised questions, that people are afraid to ask. And people were afraid to ask or speak out these controversial views because of this fear of being proven wrong and having to change their views, and then what that would mean about them. I feared this at the beginning of my podcast, too. And I feared if if people would think that I was a joke if I learned something and changed my views about something that I was teaching. And the truth is that people probably would. But was I going to let that stop me from doing this? Was I going to let that stop me from having my human experience? Because the truth was, all of the podcasters that I listened to changed their views on things as time went on. All of the coaches that I was listening to in their podcasts, they would teach something. I would listen to episode one, and then I would listen to episode number 300 and hear differences in how they would teach things because their views had changed, had grown, had deepened. And I didn't want to let that stop me from teaching. So yeah, maybe some people will will listen and hear um, areas where, where I've changed my views and thought, oh yeah, he's a joke. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Look at him changing his views. And you know what? That's okay. That is about their judgment and their views on how growth and learning works. And those are the standards that they have to live with until they change them. 
And I promise that these these views keep a person from growing because we grow through trying things and seeing what outcome we get and changing our views on it. We don't grow from, you know, trying something, making a mistake and being like, oh, don't want to do that again. Don't want to try things that I don't know the outcome for. We've, like I said, I've said it in a podcast episode before, we call the learning process failure so many times. And we truly, as a species, want to stop doing this. It does not serve us. And what I mean by that is trying something, not getting the result that you want, that's not failure. That's called the learning process. That's how humans learn. And if we keep calling it failure, guess what we do? We are stopping so many brilliant minds out there that are designed to grow and thrive and learn from growing and thriving and learning because we're telling them that what they're doing is failing, but they're not failing, they're learning. We really need to stop doing that. Learning is different from failing. Failing only occurs when we choose to stop trying. Learning happens when we show up, we do things, we get a different result, and we decide, hmm, maybe I want to try something different in the future. That's called learning. And even if it means teaching things to people and then realizing later there's another side to this that I wasn't teaching, I want to start teaching it this way now. That's how learning works. And it doesn't mean that we were bad for teaching it before the way we taught it or that, you know, we misguided and hurt people before. No, it means that this was part of the growing process. These people heard this and they're going to learn new ways to to show up with these topics as well. They're going to learn new ways to approach these topics as well as they show up in their life with the things that I've taught them and they find out how these topics work in their life and their unique experience. So this is part of the learning process. So yes, my views will change as I speak up and I put work out there and receive opposing feedback. This is how growth works. And I decided a long time ago I was not going to avoid that process for fear of what some people might think about seeing me in this process. I am here to show you all that it's a beautiful and rich process to be in, and it's full of opportunity, and I want to inspire as many people to jump into this process and be in their learning process and to speak up and learn and to do. That's what I'm here to help you all with as a coach. And if I'm not willing to do it myself, how can I expect you all to do it? So that's why I'm here every week showing up, putting this work out there, getting ridicule, getting, you know, feedback and and learning from it and uh, changing my views, deepening my views on things, learning new ways to look at things as I'm teaching them. Which brings me to the next lesson that I've learned over a year of podcasting, and that is that I can learn as I go. And in fact, I learn more by going without knowing than I do by waiting around to know before I go. I'm going to say that again. I learn more by going without knowing than I do by waiting around to know before I go. My friends, that's powerful. Going without knowing instead of waiting around to know before you go. This is how growth works. This is how learning works. And I'm not saying that this has to be everyone's 100% strategy or that you can't plan ahead of time or that this is somehow a superior strategy. But here is, here's what I'm going to say. I know I'm not alone in this. So to those of you out there that can relate to the fact that, you know, you're, you like to jump into something and learn as you go. You're not alone. 
You're not irresponsible. You're not weird. You're not lazy. You're not disorganized. You're not unprepared. You're not all of the labels that a controlling society might want to call you because they're obsessed with needing control and certainty. You're not those things, okay? It's okay to learn as you go. It's okay to show up and not know what the result is going to be and get a result that you didn't anticipate, get a result that you didn't want, get a result that pisses people off, and then learn from it and show up and do differently next time. You're not a bad person for doing that. You're not disorganized. You're not irresponsible. You're not weird or lazy. You are growing, my friend, and it's beautiful. Keep showing up in your authentic journey and doing that, my friends. I want you all to do that. If I have not inspired you all to do anything else in this past year, I want you all to do that, okay? This is how we learn and grow. Let that other bullshit that society teaches you that you need to be certain about exactly what you're going to get before you show up and start doing things that you need to have it 1000% in detail planned out and know that you're going to be able to get that result before you start trying. Let that shit go. And I'm, excuse my French, but I'm calling it shit because it is shit. Okay? This is taught from a, a, point of view that is fear-based, that is based in the need for certainty, which is never truly there. It's an illusion anyways. And our society is obsessed with it. And I'm hoping as a coach that I can get more and more people to see through this illusion and see that certainty does not exist out there. It's not part of life. It's not what this life is designed for. Control is an illusion. If the pandemic hasn't taught you that, wake up, okay? Because control is an illusion. All of these people out here telling you that you have to have a perfectly flawless, bulletproof plan before you start taking action, they're people living in that illusion. And I'm not saying that they're bad people, but you don't have to live in that illusion. That doesn't have to be your truth, okay? There's another truth out there. The human process of learning is by showing up, effing it up, learning, and showing up again. And yes, I mean that, (laughs) okay? So... Grow as you goers. That's what I'm going to call us. I learn by being in my process. And sure, I do some planning. I do. I think a bit ahead of time. I think about some possible outcomes. But I'm not going to sit there and obsess and be like, oh, well, since I can't control this outcome, it must be a sign that I don't start yet. I need to wait around until I can figure out how to control that outcome. No. When I start taking action, I know there are outcomes that I'm uncertain of. I see possible obstacles and shortcomings in my plan, and I move forward anyways because I know that when I reach the point where those obstacles arrive, that I will find a solution. I always do. And that's that I am designed to be at that obstacle and find that solution, to learn that lesson by being in that obstacle. I'm designed for that, okay? And yes, when I'm hypothesizing solutions and when I'm, I'm planning ahead of time, I do that. I do that, and it feels a bit abstract because I know life is going to happen, and life is going to be unpredictable. Again, if the pandemic hasn't sho- if the, if the pandemic hasn't taught you that, then wake up, because nature was trying to give us all a big lesson with that pandemic that we cannot control everything, we cannot be certain about everything. Life will throw us curveballs, and that doesn't mean it's a bad thing or that life is against us. We are designed to face those curveballs and learn through it beautifully and powerfully and unstoppably. And I want you all to see that. That's why I'm here as a coach. That's why I do the kind of coaching that I do, okay? I want you all to be unstoppable. So stop believing this lie that you have to have everything 1000% planned out. But that doesn't mean that you don't plan. 
I know that we think that it has to be this right, wrong, good, bad, black or white kind of thinking. We're taught to see it that way. But there's another illusion that I want you all to break through. We can plan, and we can plan knowing that that plan is not going to (laughs) work. And we can still follow through with it anyways. I show up with every plan of mine in my business and in my podcast, and I know I will sit down with an outline, and I know when I sit down in front of that microphone and I start talking that what comes out of my mouth will not be what's on that paper. I know that when I do it ahead of time. I know I'm going to go off script. I know I'm going to go off on tangents like I'm doing right now. It's not in my script that's sitting right here in front of me that I spent three hours typing up for you all. I'm going off on a tangent right now, and I know this is going to happen every time I sit down in front of the microphone, and that's okay. It's supposed to happen because I learn every time this happens. I grow every time this happens. I create confidence and courage in myself every time this happens, and I step forward into it anyways. I practice courage every time I see a plan, and I know As I step into this plan, it's not going to unfold the way it's planned, and that I will have to revise the steps as I go, and I step into it anyways. So yes, I learn as I go, and I see so many of you out there holding yourself back from trying out solutions for fear that you, you might learn after choosing it and realizing that you don't want to choose it again. And you're afraid that this means something bad about you, that you were irresponsible for trying, or that you shouldn't have tried it. You should have waited until you had a bulletproof solution before you tried, you know, that that you failed and that's bad. You're a failure of a person. You're afraid of this. But here's the thing I want you to notice. This only is true about you if you choose to make it true about you. It's not the truth. It is merely a thought that you're having about yourself. You can also choose to see this as your learning process. And learning is beautiful. Growing is beautiful. It's messy. We fall on our face. We get scratched up. We get bruises. We get bumps. We get slapped in the face. We get knocked over. We get our arms ripped off. And we put... No, I'm just joking. We don't actually get our arms ripped off. But the thing is, when we go through growth, it's messy. It's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be clean and organized and perfectly thought out and planned and bulletproof. That's not growth. That's not growth, okay? This is an illusion, and it's a lie that's designed to keep you stagnant and second-guessing yourself without growing. Growing is always uncertain. It is designed to be. You are designed to grow. You are designed to be in uncertainty, and you are designed to feel uncomfortable in it. And you can do it. We are, we are all capable of doing it. It's supposed to feel uncomfortable. That's just your brain being a brain. It's going to happen. But when you realize why your brain is doing it and then the brain is just a tool that you get to use and you've been letting it use you, you feel empowered by seeing your brain cry out in fear and tell you, no, 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 don't do that. You're going you're gonna to die. You know, it's... it's it's okay when you when you start to recognize that this is just your mind being a mind. It's not the truth. It just becomes part of your learning process. It's not that awful. So don't allow comparison culture and people-pleasing fear of judgment to keep you from the path that you're designed to go through and grow through, okay? Growth is supposed to be about you falling on your face a thousand times before you figure out how to take the step 
learning to walk as a baby was your lesson in that. I know most of you can't remember what it was like to learn to walk as a baby, but I guarantee you, ask your parents or ask anyone who was around then, you fell about a thousand times before you actually took your first step. And that's how it's supposed to happen. You don't see us looking at little babies as they pull themselves up on the coffee table and go to take their first step and fall and be like, oh, I don't know about that one. I don't think it's going to be a walker. Didn't do it the first 50 times, so obviously it's never going to walk. You don't see us doing that to babies. No, we know they're designed to do this. We know they're designed to try and take a step away from the coffee table and fall down and probably cry a few times and then pull themselves back up and try it again and try it again a thousand times before they finally get the first step right. And then they'll fall before they get the second step right. And we don't sit there and look at them and be like, oh, nope, that one's a failure. It's never going to walk. So why do we do that to ourselves now? This is how growth works. Okay, so my next lesson, my next lesson that I have learned through doing a year of podcasting. Are you guys ready for this? This is a a big one. And I know a lot of you all struggle with this because a lot of my clients do and I struggled with it too. All right, putting air quotes around this. I don't feel like it, quote unquote, is not the same as I don't want to, quote unquote. Okay, I don't feel like it is not the same as I don't want to. And so many times we get these statements confused. I have clients that come to me like, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, why don't you want to do it? And they're like, well, blah, 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 blah. And what you're telling me is you don't feel like doing it. You're telling me you feel tired. You're telling me you're scared. You're telling me that you feel lazy, that you don't feel motivated. You're telling me you don't feel like doing it. But you're also telling me, that you have this goal over here that you know doing this, going through this, is going to get you closer to. So you actually want to do it. You just don't feel like doing it. And that's okay. That's okay. We can work with I don't feel like doing it. As I've told you before, this podcast was a lot more work than I anticipated going into it. But I'm also going to say it's been totally, totally 100% worth it for me. But it's a lot of work. And there were weeks when I really, truly did not feel like writing my outline. I did not feel like doing my research. I did not feel like sitting down in front of the microphone and recording for an hour, hour and a half. And I did not feel like sitting in front of a computer screen and editing for another three hours. So many times I questioned if this podcasting was for me since I didn't feel like doing it. Like maybe it wasn't something that I truly wanted to do. And... I grew to learn that this is completely normal. It's part of the process of growth, of learning something new. That there will be many times that I and you will not feel like doing something. For me, I was afraid that it meant that I didn't want to do it anymore. And that therefore, I had yet again chosen something that was quote-unquote wrong for me. Because that's what we're taught to believe, right? You have to choose the right things for you to do, your passions in life. And if you're no longer passionate about it, you chose the wrong passion and blah, 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 blah. It's a bunch of crap. So this is a powerful illusion to break through. When you're wanting to grow into a new habit, a new lifestyle, a new way of living, a new belief, there will inevitably 100% of the time be times that you do not feel like putting in the time and effort to grow that habit, to grow that belief, to grow into that new lifestyle. And this is where the why comes in. And I'm going to talk about that why a little bit later in another lesson that I learned here. And 
when you remember your why that you're doing it, you realize that you still want that. You still want that why. And that right now what you're experiencing is simply your mind being a mind and trying to keep you from moving forward, moving further into the uncertainty of a new belief, of a new way of living. And this is completely normal. If you just step forward into the feeling and show up and put the time in, you'll soon realize that you wanted to do it all along. You just didn't feel like it. And these are two very different things. Remember, and if you haven't learned this yet, go back and listen to my podcast episodes from episode one up until now. Feelings come from thoughts. Remember that. So maybe, yeah, you're having some thoughts right now about if this is worth your energy if you can really do this or not, or if there's a point in this. And these kind of thoughts can be real energy zappers, guys. I mean, like seriously, they zap your creative energy and that's okay. This is going to happen in your growth process. This is entirely normal, okay? I know we've been taught to feel like you're gonna find that one thing out there and you're just gonna go for it and it's just gonna be rainbows and daisies and happy and la 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 the whole entire way through. This is not how it works. This is not how growth works. Growth is uncertain. Your brain is gonna fight you. Your brain is gonna try and use you when you want to use it. This is part of the process. There are going to be times when you feel like you don't want to do the time or work that you know will bring you closer to living the way that you truly want to. But here's the thing, if you recognize that this is just a feeling coming from a thought and you show up and you begin the work, you'll soon recognize that energy coming back in, that excitement coming back in. You'll remember your why, you're in your journey, you're making the choice to show up for yourself even when your mind wants to fight you on it. And that's part of the process. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. It doesn't mean you picked the wrong thing. It doesn't mean you don't want to do it anymore. It means you're afraid right now, that your mind is being a mind and it's choosing fear and it's trying to keep you from going after this thing because you're going into another level of uncertainty. And to your brain, remember, uncertainty means the possibility of death and not surviving. And your brain just wants to be a brain. So it's going to do this. That's okay. Remind yourself that it is okay to not feel like it sometimes and that you can still choose to show up anyways. I did this to myself or with myself so many times. I would sit down in front of my laptop and (laughs) I could feel myself saying, Seth, right now, you don't feel like doing this and that's okay. You don't have to feel like it right now. It's okay to not want to feel like it right now, but you want what is growing through this. Remember that. Remember why you want to do this. And let's just start. Let's just start. Let that feeling be there. It's not going to hurt you. Let it be over there. And let's just start and see what happens. And sure enough, soon enough, I would start to feel the energy that would be flowing through me of that excitement, that motivation of what I was doing and remembering how much I was wanting to do this and why I was doing it and why that was so exciting for me. And words would just start flowing through my fingers into my outlines or flowing from my mouth out into the recording of the episode or ideas would just start exploding in my head as I would read the research into the topics that I was working on. I had this fear that I I might have lost my motivation when I didn't feel like doing something. 
I had this fear that when I didn't feel like doing something, that I had done something wrong and that I should just give up. But what I've learned over the past year is that sometimes my mind is just going to be a mind and yours will too. And it will throw out thoughts that make me and yours will throw out thoughts that make you feel like you have no energy to do something. Like you just can't do it. That's going to be totally normal. That's going to be part of your process. But when you go back to your why, and when I went back to my why, I would remind myself, this is normal. It's normal to feel this way. I just take this first step, read that first paragraph, type that first word, speak that first sentence. And from there, I'm going to take the next step and would just do that. And soon enough, there came my motivation back. There came the energy. I'm moving forward towards creating more of what I had started this process to create more of. And this is my why. And when I'm in my why, the energy just starts to flow. And I can let my brain be a brain over here. All of the thoughts that it wants to have about not feeling like doing this, that's okay. Which brings me to my next lesson. My next lesson from doing a year of podcasting. Because so many times when I didn't feel like doing it, I wondered if maybe this wasn't right for me. So many times when I compared myself to other people, I wondered maybe this isn't right for me. And so what I learned was that trusting my journey is so key. And it will not look like anyone else's. But I just need to keep my eye on my why. The word W-H-Y, not the letter Y. Keep my eye on my why. So there are really two lessons here in this one, but they go together. Trusting the journey. It's something that we talk about all the time, but often when we're actually in our journey, we don't practice it. Because we wait around for evidence to arrive for us so that we can quote-unquote trust the journey. All the while telling our brains to look for evidence of the opposite, that maybe this isn't our journey, maybe we shouldn't trust it, maybe we're doing the wrong thing. And our brain will go and look for evidence of that. And it will find it. Your brain will always find evidence of what you tell it to look for. So trusting in your journey is an active process. I learned in this process that to trust my journey, I needed to actively tell my brain that my journey is right. And I am designed to be in this journey just how it is. And yeah, my brain would then resist me a bit. But then it would get to work finding the evidence that the journey was the journey that I was designed to be in. When it realized that's what I'm looking for. So many times along the way, I would hear from other podcasters about their process, their journey in the podcasting. They would ask me questions about my journey and then be like, oh, that's, that's, that's different. I do mine this way. And inevitably, they would usually look very different from mine. And sometimes my brain would use this as evidence to scare me. And I would start to feel scared. I would start to have thoughts about if I was doing this wrong. And then my brain would go about looking for evidence that I was doing this wrong. And guess what? It would always find it. And it, and I would go about looking for evidence that maybe I should give up. And my mind would find evidence that maybe I should give up. But here's the thing I started to do. I started catching my mind doing this. 
and recognizing there's your mind doing it again, Seth. There's that mind <laughs> literally just over there being a mind trying to convince you this is uncomfortable. Stop doing the uncomfortable thing, Seth. Stop trying to grow. Growth is bad. Stay inside the cave. Stay by the fire where it's safe. Don't ever change because if you stay the same, we can control life and everything can be predictable and certain. I could hear my brain trying to give me that lie, that illusion again, that belief that somehow life could be certain if I just stayed the same, that I could control life better if I just stayed the same. And I would call it out and be like, that's crap. We're not buying into that lie again. I would just gently remind my mind of our purpose, why I was doing this podcast. And this is where the second part of this lesson comes in. When I would remind myself of my why... I could see how the way that my journey was playing out and the path that I chose helped me to create that why in my own authentic way. And we're going to talk about authenticity in a bit too. And I would remind my brain of this. I would talk to it and remind it that my journey is supposed to look different. There are already other podcasts out there that look like the podcast that these people are making because it's their podcasts. And I'm comparing my podcast to them, but guess what? I'm wanting to create a new podcast for people, not one that already exists. If I put out a podcast that already exists, what's the point? One already exists like that. So of course my journey is going to look different. It will be different. How I go about creating it will be different. And I would remind my mind of that. That yes, it looks different. And yes, that means it's uncertain. And that's okay. Even if I stay the same, life is still uncertain. So we're going to be uncertain either way. So let's step into the uncertainty of being in my authentic journey of growth. I would remind my mind that I am literally designed to be in this journey that looks different. And I will find my way through it no matter what obstacles come. And then my brain would go about, honestly begrudgingly sometimes, it would go about looking for evidence that I was made to be in this journey. And guess what? My brain would always find the evidence it was looking for. And this, my friends, is why trusting your journey and knowing your why is an active process. You can't just wait around for the evidence to fall in your lap that you're in your journey. You have to go out there and tell your... No, you don't have to. But if you're wanting to do this, to trust your journey, you will want to tell your mind, direct your mind to look for the evidence that you want with intention. And then choose to actively seek it and go after it. Trusting your journey is not passive. And knowing your why will keep you on track and how you will tell your brain to get out there and look for the evidence that this journey was designed for you, not against you, and you were designed for it. You were made to thrive in this journey. You were made to thrive through every obstacle that you will face in this journey. Which brings me to my next lesson that I learned over a year of podcasting, and this is that growth is not linear. There are ups and downs in growth, and in podcasting, it is real, my friends. I would put out episodes some weeks and get hundreds of downloads, and then the next week literally get less than 10. Sometimes I would advertise my podcast, and the downloads would literally just start rolling in, and other times I would put out an advertisement and not a single download would happen. And so many times my brain would use this as the opportunity to say, see, you're doing it wrong. You should just give up. And I would hear it and remind it. I hear you. 
I hear you. I know you want to keep me safe, Brain. I appreciate it. But I'm not afraid of this. We've got this together, okay? So let's get back out there and find the evidence that this little glitch in the downloads is just a lesson that I'm designed for, not against me. And let's create solutions, okay? And I would watch my brain get to work. And yes, it felt hard sometimes. Yes, I didn't feel like doing it sometimes. Yes, I felt truly scared sometimes that I was wasting time. And every time I saw this coming up, I had a little sit down with my mind and I would remind it why we're doing this podcast. How even if no one downloads an episode, it does not mean that we are not succeeding at the goal of showing up every week, putting truth out there, putting enlightenment out there, putting out inspiration, putting out words of awakening to people, that I was doing that no matter what. And that was my goal. So I kept showing up. And as time went on, I could look at the podcast on a larger time scale. The The graphs that I would have to look at them um, would get longer and longer and bigger. And I could see the dips and the growth. I could see the ups and downs. And as the graphs grew longer, I could see that the growth was happening. People were listening and wanting more answers. And I wanted to keep showing up and providing them. But trust me when I say this, the growth will look all over the place, in the be- especially in the beginning. And the dips, they don't mean you're not growing. They don't mean you're failing. They're actually usually, this is what I've learned, they're a sign that you're about to learn something massive that is going to launch you into a huge phase of growth. If you just trust and lean in, feel that fear and lean into it, listen and keep showing up. I promise you, my friends, This is how you create unstoppable growth, which brings me to the next lesson that I learned in my year of podcasting. Authenticity is key. This is something that I talk about so often with you all, this authenticity word. And I might, the way I say it, make it sound like it's just something so easy and that it should feel easy for you. But here's the the thing. True authenticity can feel terrifying. And it felt terrifying for me. Our brains are biologically wired to want to be quote unquote part of the group. Because thousands of years ago, that's what meant survival. So literally any rejection felt like death to the brain. Or at least felt like the possibility of it. And what this means is that even today, we have to remember evolution on a biological scale is very slow. So even today, when someone rejects us, we still have that same brain. And our brain is still going to react to it with the same intensity of fear. But the truth is that rejection today doesn't mean death or even the possibility of it. Because here's the thing. Where one million people hate you, there are another three million who love you for what you just said for what you just did, for showing up as the real you. But sometimes we forget that our brains us will, brains will use us as a tool if we don't use them. Sometimes we forget that just because a million people hate us, those aren't the million people that are for you, and that there are another three million people out there that are for you. And if you keep showing up as the real you, they will find you. And those are the people that you are designed for. So every tiny rejection doesn't need to become a reason to stop, to go back. But for so many people, we let our brains use us. And these tiny rejections, where a person says, I think you're stupid. Why are you doing this? You don't belong here. And then we make that mean that we should stop and go back. 
I want to encourage you to not do that. Because this is not true. And let me just tell you, in the world of podcasting, rejection is real. It happens. Anytime I showed up in this world and put work out there, people didn't like it. Some people didn't like it. Some people did. But some didn't. Same will happen with you. If you show up and put work out there, whether it's in a podcast or however you want to show up, whether it's doing art, whether it's teaching people, whether it's whatever craft you have, whatever skill you have, you show up and you put your work out there, people will like it and some people won't. And if you do not actively remind your mind that the fear that it is experiencing is based in an illusion, then it will use you to create enough fear that you will feel stopped by and blocked by. And trust me, I felt this fear so many times in creating and growing this podcast. If you haven't listened to all of my episodes, go back and listen to them. Most of my episodes were about very sensitive topics, and I took very controversial stances on them. Very controversial views. Revolutionary views. I was putting out unpopular ways and revolutionary ways to look at human suffering. And a lot of people like their story of victimhood because it feels safe. And that doesn't make them bad people. If you're one of these people, it doesn't make you a bad pe- a bad person. This is just your mind being a mind and trying to use you. And you can wake up from it anytime you're ready. And I'm here to help. But here's the thing. There are a lot of people out there that are suffering that like their story of victimhood because it feels safe. And they don't want to see that they can change and heal. They want to see the opposite. They want to feel like there's no way that they can change so that they can feel comfortable in staying in their story of victimhood. Some people will get angry because of this at the idea because they're so afraid of changing and what it might mean. And I knew this was possible going into this journey. I saw it happen many times as I put out these episodes. I also knew that I had to make choices about topics and how to cover them. And that people would not always like it. And some people would vocalize it. So many times I had people suggest to me how I should change my podcast. Or that I shouldn't have said something. That I shouldn't have said something a certain way. That I shouldn't, that I shouldn't put an, um, a topic out there a certain way because it might offend people. Or that it offended them and so therefore I shouldn't have said it that way. I also had people so many times come to me and suggest ways that I should change my podcast to get certain groups' attention better, that I was losing their attention. Make your episodes shorter, Seth, so you don't lose the short attention span people's attention. Don't go so deep, Seth. People will lose you. Make the episodes not so controversial so you don't offend so many people, Seth. Come on now. Take it easy on your audience. You don't want to you don't want to offend them or make them uncomfortable. You should make them comfortable. Make your episode shorter, Seth. Guys, I heard these suggestions more times than I could count. And so many times I was tempted to take these suggestions and be like, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I should change something. But I created a pact with myself early on in in this podcast creation. And the pact was that I would always go back to my why of why I wanted to make this podcast and why I chose to design it at the length that it is, at the topics that I would choose, at how I would approach them, why I would make things uncomfortable and break through illusions that were uncomfortable to see through. And here's the thing, when I would get suggestions, I would ask myself, 
I would ask myself these questions. If I make this change, would I get some different people's attention? The answer was usually a probably yes. So then I would ask myself, if I make these changes, will I also lose people's attention who like the way that I'm doing the podcast now? The answer was usually a probably yes. So then I would ask myself, are the people who like my podcast now probably the audience that I was designed to reach with my podcast? The answer again was always a probably yes. Then I would ask myself, do I believe that there are more people out there like my current audience who just not have who just not <laughs> who just have not found my podcast yet? The answer was again always a probably yes. So then I would ask myself this. Do I want to change now and possibly lose the opportunity of reaching those people that I am designed to reach by just being as authentic to me as I know how? And sticking with how I want to do this podcast. Would I lose some of them just to reach some people who will only like me if I try to make my podcast something that I don't truly want it to be? And the answer again was a probably yes. I would probably lose those people and I don't want to do that. The answer was a probably not because the question was, do I want to change now and possibly lose the, the opportunity of reaching those people? And the answer was probably not. And then I would get back to doing things the way that I wanted to do them. You see, there are 8 billion people on this planet, around there. I am a very specific type of avocado. This is an analogy that I like to use. A very specific type of avocado. I've got a specific color to me, a specific shape, a specific ripeness. The seed inside of me is a specific size. The flesh inside of my avocado is a specific texture. And my podcast reflects that. The type of avocado that I am designed as is designed to grab the attention of people who like that kind of avocado, who will recognize that type of avocado and be drawn into it. I am here for those people. I'm not here for the people who like blueberries. I'm not here to attract the people who are looking for blueberries. I am also not for the people who like other kinds of avocados or are looking for another kind of avocado. I am here for the people who are looking for the kind of avocado that I am. And I believe that I am here to reach those people and touch them. There is an audience out there that I am designed to reach. And I will keep showing up for those people and offering them awareness, insight, and truth that I am designed to show up in the world and offer. The same goes for every single one of you and your journey in life. We live in a world that is full of so much comparison these days. Sometimes we can get lost in this message of how you should or could do things differently to attract different people, but here's the thing, you will never attract all people, and if you do, then you're a nothing. Because nothing is the only thing that all people will be attracted to and like. Exactly, you heard that right. Nothing is the only thing that all people can like. We are all unique in what we are sensitive to and drawn to in life. And we are all unique in how we will show up in this world designed to create what we are here to create. Let the people who are designed to be drawn to that find you by choosing to shut out the shoulds and could noises of the world and to be in your authentic path enough 
and be it loud enough that those people can't help but hear you, see you, and be drawn to it. Live so authentically loud that your people cannot help but to find you and be drawn to you. Let that illusion go that you need to be for more people. That if if some people don't like you, that somehow you're doing it wrong. And that you should want to do things in a way that attracts them. Those aren't your people. There's nothing against them. They're not wrong. They're just not your people. Maybe some of them come around and realize they like your type of avocado later in life. And that's cool. They'll come to you when they realize that. But for right now, they're looking for blueberries. And guess what? You're not a blueberry. Don't try and be a blueberry. If every avocado became a blueberry, then people out there that loved avocados would be so disappointed. If every blueberry became an avocado because some people like avocados instead of blueberries, guess what? Those of us out there that like blueberries would be seriously disappointed that there are no more blueberries because they're all avocados now. So be an avocado if you're an avocado. Be a blueberry if you're a blueberry. Be a watermelon if you're a watermelon. Whatever the hell you are, be it and be it so effing loud that people that are supposed to be drawn to you cannot help but be drawn to you. That's what you're designed to do, not to be like all those other people out there, not to get all of these people out here to like you. They're not your people. Let it go. They don't have to be wrong to let them go. They don't have to be bad people because they're not your people to let them go. They are just looking for something else in life, and they're not looking for something better. They're looking for what they think they need right now in life, what they think they need. Let them look for it. Let them find it. And when they realize that an avocado like you is something that they want in life, you will be doing it so loudly that they can't help but turn around and come right back and be like, I'm ready now. But keep being that avocado, being that blueberry, being that watermelon. Be the blueberry muffin if you're a blueberry muffin. I don't care what it is that you are authentically. Be it as loud as you can, okay? I chose early on to be authentically me in this podcast. I chose to keep, quote-unquote, over-explaining, as people would call it. To make, quote-unquote, long episodes. To talk about them controversially. To bring up revolutionary ways to think about things that didn't feel comfortable. And to go deep in my episodes. And I chose to do it as loudly as possible. And this entire way, I've been drawing in the audience that was designed to be reached with this podcast. All of you out there listening right now. And I love you all. I'm drawn to you just like you're drawn to me. And hey, to my avocado lovers out there, welcome. Welcome. Okay? I've been doing this for a year as authentically loud to me as I can be. And I want to thank every one of you all for joining me on this journey. One year of podcasting. I'm getting a little emotional right now just thinking about it, but wow. This has been such an exciting journey, my friends. So exciting. And no, I'm not stopping now. (laughs) I really look forward to showing up for many, many more weeks to come and talking to all of you avocado lovers out there about all of the topics that will help you awaken to more empowerment, to more authenticity, to a more fulfilled life full of, full of uncomfortable growth that you are designed to move into and thrive in, my friends. I'm here for that. I'm here for that all the way. 
Okay? I love you all. And just for those of you who might be listening in for the first time, and those of you who maybe have only listened to a few episodes, I do coaching full-time. I do one-on-one coaching still. That's my main job. This podcast is something that I offer for free on the side to help people have something to start with who haven't committed to investing in themselves yet through a coach. And I love doing this podcast for you all. I love offering this as a way for you all to come into this world of growth and fulfillment and truth and breaking through illusions and becoming unstoppable in your life. For those of you who are a little bit uncertain and on the fence of whether you're ready to invest in yourself or not in hiring a coach who's going to show you how you get to be unstoppably you in your life and how fulfilling that can feel. That's what this podcast is here for. Is here for. But for those of you out there who might be looking for a coach to help you start living a life of purpose, a life of authenticity and fulfillment, and to do it unstoppably, hey, I am here for you. And the ways that you can reach me, they're in the show notes, okay? And I mean it when I say that you too can become unstoppable. I feel unstoppable, my friends, looking back and and seeing this year of doing this podcast, like, guys, I was, I was so afraid that I wouldn't make it through a year that I, I would, you know, after maybe three or four months, fall on my face and be like, okay, well, that's all I've got for you guys. Don't know what to do from here. And then have, you know, like 20, 30 episodes out there. But guys, I've, I've done this and I've shown up with what it is that I teach everybody is what I practice. And I've been doing this unstoppably for a year. And my friends, I can promise you it feels so uncomfortably amazing and beautiful to be in this growth journey and to feel unstoppable in my life. And I truly feel that way. You can feel that way too. Feel like an unstoppable force of authentic creation in your life. And I'm here to show you how to do that when you're ready, okay? So keep listening in, y'all. I love every single one of you. And until next week when we meet again and we start another year of this Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. Until then, I wish you all the most empowered week of unstoppable creation. You were designed for that journey. So go be in it. Ciao. Hey, thank you for listening in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content of this episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive the newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. Ratings, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. These allow me to know more of what my listeners would like in the podcast and allow for more people who may be searching for a podcast just like this one to find the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, then please visit my website at www.slch.ch. Again, that is www. .slch.ch. You can also find me on social media on Instagram at SethLusk underscore coaching. Again, that is SethLusk underscore coaching. And on Facebook in my free Facebook group community called A Healthy Life Connection. We would love to have you in the group, and it's only three membership questions that you have to answer to join. And again, it's entirely free. And if you need any further information or just want to say hello, feel free to send me an email directly at slusk.health at slch.ch. Again, that is slusk.health at slch.ch. Thank you again so much for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Ciao.